This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Into his wonderful light. Let me read that again here in the King James. It says, but you are a chosen generation. God chose you. He chose you to be a praiser to him. He chose you to be a royal priesthood. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of God. That's a choice we have been given. Who called you out of darkness, almighty God, has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now that's worth praising God for. He's taken us from the dark. He's putting us into a, a place of light. I'm so glad, you know, that I'm not living in darkness anymore. I agree, 100%. That's a choice that we make, you know. And we can be positive or we can go negative. Mm-hmm. And the positive is the best way to go. Praise is the acknowledging of his excellencies, his perfections, his works, and benefits. Praise is the expression of approval and admiration, of gratitude and devotion for the blessings we have received. Do we praise God for the blessings we have received? Or are we ungrateful? Delight is not complete until it is expressed. Praise is a natural and necessary response to fully enjoy the object that is praised. Example, when watching a football game, have ever watched football? When watching a football game, it's a natural response to praise a tremendous play. To shout, wow. You know, but it's um, after an acrobatics or a a touchdown, you get all caught up. They're in the end zone, and you just can't help it. It's natural to fully express yourself. It really is. If you do not believe that, it's necessary. Next time you watch a game, try to not express yourself at all. Just watch the game and just be quiet, you know. You'll quickly find that you don't really enjoy the action nearly as much as you do when you have the freedom to express yourself in praise and excitement. It says here in Psalms 103, verse 1, Praise the Lord, I tell myself. Now this is in your Bible. You got to tell yourself, you know what? I need to praise the Lord. I mean, you tell yourself. He says here, Praise the Lord, I tell myself. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. I tell myself and never forget the good things he does for me. Do you ever forget the good things he does for you? All the benefits that he he loads you with? He forgives all my sins. All of them. All my sins. And that's what we acted out as we took communion here this morning, which we do that periodically. And we remember that Jesus died on the cross. You know, 
He was nailed to a cross. He shed his blood to wash our sins away. He did it because he chose to do that. It wasn't against his will. He died in our place so we can be forgiven. And that's all of our sins, 100%. 100%. 100%. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Did you know God heals our diseases? Yes. He helps us in our times of need. He genuinely does. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. Let me just ask you right now. Are there any good things in your life? Yes. God provides those. He genuinely does. Uh, Let me ask you here. How many of you can see? Is that something good? Yes. God created those eyes. And he gave them to us. He loves us. He cares about us. He's given us the ability to speak and communicate with each other. And all the good stuff that comes from God. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercy. Verse 5. He fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry. You know anybody who's quick to get angry? They just snap, you know, at the drop of a... It don't take much effort at all to get some people just aggravated, you know? Slow to get angry. That's what God is. And he's filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. It says God has removed our sins. And see, the Bible says if you confess your faults to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You just go to God and you ask him to forgive you. And I'll tell you what, he forgives us and he removes the guilt that accompanies unforgiveness. And that's enough to keep us praising. Absolutely. He does it because he loves us. He says in verse 13, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. Verse 19 says, You know, that in itself is a reason to be faithful to his covenant and to obey his commands is because his salvation extends to our children and to our children's children. 
from generation to generation to generation. So that should be a reminder to us to always obey and always stay It's based on our salvation. Mm -hmm. It's passed on to our children and our children's children Mm -hmm. because he loves them. He cares about them. I'll, I'll read that again. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful. Are you faithful to God? To his covenant. To those who are faithful to his covenant. Of those who obey his commandments. Verse 19 says, The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over what? Everything. Over everything. Verse 20 says, Praise the Lord. Not complain to him. Praise the Lord, you angels. You mighty ones who carry out his plans. Listen for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord. Everything he has created. You know, we do need to praise him for everything he's created. Now, we talked a while ago about the eyes. How many of you can hear? Mm-hmm. Is that a blessing? Yes. Do you ever think about it and thank God? I just appreciate you allowing me to hear the birds singing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you letting me hear the voices of children or grandchildren, you know, playing or, or neighbor's kids. We have been given so many blessings, eyes to see, ears to hear, a mouth to eat, you know. We have been blessed, and it's all because of the Almighty God. He says here in verse 22, praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom, let all that I am praise, 100%, praise the Lord. If you remember last week, we were talking in Second Chronicles. We were sharing some things about King Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel. Yep. They were facing vast armies. Three armies were coming to get them at, against them at one time. They fasted, they prayed, and then this is the next morning, and we'll see the result of what happened. They were up early in the morning, ready to march into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were leaving, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Listen, Judah and Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. Mm. Listen to what I have to say. This mm. is God telling us that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Believe firmly in God. Not, not wishy-washy, but believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. That means they'll be secure. Absolutely. Steadfast. That's what he's telling us, you know. You can stand firm and you can hold your ground is what he's telling us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in the might, his mighty power. Put on half of God's armor. Nope. Oh. 100%. Put on all of God's armor. What does God's armor do? It protects us from the enemy of our soul, the devil who's always trying to discourage us, always trying us to get to, to do something wrong. God forgives us for all of our sins when we ask him to. God has protected us. He says here in verse 11, 
Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies, which are the tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Did you know that's who's fighting against us? The darkness? He says here in verse 13, Therefore, for us, put on every piece of God's armor. Can you tell me what some of that is? The helmet of salvation. That protects our brain and our thoughts and our emotions all. The breastplate or the body armor of righteousness. That protects our heart, our lungs, all those internal organs and all. Mm -hmm. What does he tell us to protect? How? He tells us to wear the, the belt of truth. And it protects our loins, our legs, where we can run and jump and all. It also holds our sword, it the does. sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's how we can fight against the enemy of our soul, the devil, with all the discouragement that he sends our way. And he says to wear the shoes of peace. That's what he tells that us. That we could share the gospel with other folks. You're right. And also the garment of praise. The garment of praise. You mean that praise actually helps to protect us? It does, and it's not really included here in Ephesians 6 where it talks about all the different aspects of the armor of God. But he says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And as we're studying about praising our way to victory, you know, those soldiers had to wear something under that armor. You know, they, right. they had to wear a garment of some sort. And I believe that was the garment of praise, you know, that we need to wear that garment of praise. And we, as we praise, we can praise our way to victory. Therefore, it says, verse 13, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. The garment of praise. You know, he tells us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hearts to God. Pray and worship the almighty God and he will protect you. Read your Bible and you'll... Hear him say that over and over. You'll hear what his word says, and he encourages us, you know. Praise is part of the armor. Praise will always defeat our enemy. That's just the truth of it. It says here, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Standing how? Firm. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. How many ever ever wore a belt? Four? Five? <laughs> your, your, your belt helps keep your britches up, you know. It, it keeps your, whatever, your wallet in and your car keys and, and all those things. And he's talking here about... You know, I was just thinking about it. Like our son is in the Marines and his belt is an important part of his gear. It is. Because he has all kinds of things attached to that belt. He and does. That belt of truth, God's word, is so important in our lives. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the arm, the body armor of God's righteousness. That breastplate, he says. In verse 15, he says, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be able to fully be prepared. In addition to all these, hold up 
the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You see the shield? You can hold it up and you can protect yourself from the fiery arrows that come from the devil. Verse 17, it says, put on salvation. And that's when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He forgives us of all of our sins. He says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Did you know when you're reading your Bible, do you know that's just like wearing a sword? It protects you. He says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray for other people. And pray for me too, he says. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am, I am in chains now still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Sunrise was dawning when Los Angeles motorcycle police officer Bob Vernon saw a red pickup truck speed through a stop sign. This guy must be late to work, he thought to himself. He turned on his emergency lights and radioed that he was in pursuit. The pickup pulled over, and the officer approached. Meanwhile, in the truck, the driver thought, the cops already know? He was scared. He rested his hand on the same gun he had used a few moments before to rob a 24-hour market. The sack of stolen money was behind him on the seat. The officer said, Good morning, sir. May I see Boom. your... And a gun went off as the cop walked up to his window. He never finished the sentence. The driver shoved his gun toward the policeman's chest and fired just from just inches away. The cop was knocked flat seven feet away. A few seconds later, to the shock of the criminal, the officer stood up pulled his service revolver, and fired twice. The first bullet went through the open window and smashed the windshield. The second tore through the door and ripped into the driver's left leg. Don't shoot, the thief screamed, throwing the gun and sack of money out the pickup window. What saved the policeman's life was dozens of layers of Kevlar, a super strong fabric used for bulletproof vests, only three-eighths of an inch thick, Kevlar can stop bullets cold. Ephesians 6, which Pastor Ron just read, instructs every Christian to put on the full armor of God, the body armor of God. Simple qualities like righteousness, faith, and praise can deflect what the enemy of our souls may fire at us. All right. That body armor sure came in handy for that policeman. Yep. Back to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Jehoshaphat said to the people, Believe in your prophets and you'll come out on top. You will succeed. After talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for God, dressed in holy robes, mm. wearing the garment of praise. They surely did. 
The, this choir, this worship team, were to march ahead of the troops. Not behind the troops, but ahead of the troops. Singing. Singing and giving thanks to God. Kind of an unconventional battle plan strategy here. But they were to go singing and giving thanks to God ahead of the troops into this battle. Psalm 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger. 100%. 100%. The Lord is my strength. He's my shield who protects me from every danger. And that's talking about you. Protecting you from every danger. I trust him with all my heart. 100%. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. And then he says, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You ever burst out in a song of just thanking God for the blessings that he has poured upon you? Yes. And that's what we need to be able to do, you know. Then sings my soul. Now we're leading you an example. (laughs) Let's burst out in song. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And there's a, another song. He said, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to sing it. Yeah, we've kind of worn out his horse horse voice. Three services, and I actually went outside. You don't know about it. I went outside this morning while it was still dark, and I took a walk. It was only like 14 degrees, you know, there. Well, you did some shouting last night in a service, too, and singing, so. You are not a God created by human hands. See, you or I, we did not create God. And the song says you are not a God created by human hands. You're not a God dependent on any mortal man. You're not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and the bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You're the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God who moves, whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God and that's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone and right now in the good times, And bad, you are on your throne. And you are God alone. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, that's what you are. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, that's what you are. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, (laughs) 
You are on your throne and you are God alone. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. That's what you are. You know, praise is not dependent upon circumstances. Did you know you can praise God in bad times? Mm-hmm. You know, he wants us to look at the positive no matter what's going on around about us, you know. Remember Paul and Silas in prison? When they get put into prison that night at O dark 30 at night in the deepest, darkest cell in prison, they begin to praise God. You know what God did? He sent an earthquake. He sent an earthquake and every cell burst wide open. You know, that's the truth. If you want to become more aware of God, offer more praise to him. So well, it's, it's not natural to praise God all the time. That's right. That's when you begin to operate in the supernatural. And you tap into the supernatural. If you don't feel God near, will you praise him anyway? You acknowledge his presence with you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, And 50% of the things... Everything. Are you sure? I'm oh, sure. it did say that. 100%. In everything, give thanks. In everything. What have you been going through this past week? Do you have opportunity to thank God in the midst of it? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 150 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let Everything. That's 100%. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's how we can check our spiritual condition. Are you a praiser or are you a complainer? Are you more apt to fuss and, and grumble and grudge about what's going on? Or do you choose to operate in this supernatural and begin to praise God in the midst of it? It is a choice that we have to it make. It really is. Well, listen to what it says here in Psalms 115, verse 7. The dead do not praise the Lord. Does that mean that we are spiritually dead? We are not in tune to praise him and to recognize his blessings that he continues to pour out upon us. Praise is a testimony of faith. That's just the truth of it. Anybody can praise God after the battle is won. But when you're outnumbered, like King Jehoshaphat and the Israelites were, and it looks like you're going to get smashed like a bug, then praise is a sacrifice and an act of faith. And that's exactly what they did. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, it says, As soon as they started shouting and praising, remember a, a choir was leading the, the army, God set ambushes against the three countries that were coming against them, against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Those were their enemies. And as they were 
attacking Judah. And they all, 100%. all ended up dead. The Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Mistakenly, it was a divine appointment. God said, he told them, I will fight this battle for you. You won't even have to raise a hand. And he ran all their enemies away. He caused them to kill each other. That's right. It says, then further confused, further confused, they went at each other. That was the Ammonites and the Moabites, and all ended up killed. So all of the armies of these three countries that Jehoshaphat and, and Israel were facing were Destroyed annihilated. And they hadn't, they hadn't even gotten to the battlefield yet. It says, as Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the horde of barbarians, they looked on a killing field of dead bodies, not a living soul among them. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, they found more loot than they could carry off. Equipment, clothing, valuables. It took three days to cart it away. On the fourth day, they came together at the Valley of Blessing, Baraka, the, and blessed God. That's how it got the name Valley of Blessing. Jehoshaphat then led all, 100% of the men of Judah and Jerusalem, back to Jerusalem. An exuberant parade. They were lively. They were excited. They were enthusiastic. They were high-spirited. Spirited. God had just wiped out the three enemy armies that outnumbered them. He wiped them out. They didn't have to raise a sword. God wiped them out. He took care of their enemies. God had given them joyful relief from their enemies. Could you use some joyful relief? Absolutely. We could. We would like to see God come to our rescue. Mm-hmm. And Wouldn't he will. We? As he we look to him to do that. They entered Jerusalem, Jerusalem and came to the temple of God with all the instruments of the band playing in awesome praise and thanksgiving. When the surrounding kingdoms got word that God had fought Israel's enemies, the fear of God descended on them. Jehoshaphat heard no more from them. And as long as Jehoshaphat reigned, peace reigned. Hmm. Because he obeyed God with praise instead of complaining. Mm-hmm. And that is the world's natural tendency to complain and to grumble, you know. They praise their way to victory. How would you like to experience victory in all the areas of your life? And we begin to praise God for everything. When you wake in the morning, you praise Him for a new day and you praise Him for the sunshine and, and for all the good things that He has done for us, you know, you praise him instead of complaining. It is a supernatural tool that Almighty God has given us, you know. We praise our way to victory. You can praise your way to victory if you want to, but it is a choice that we all will make. Let me just read one more verse here. It says, Psalms 144, verse 1, it says, Blessed be God. My mountain, who trains me to fight fair and well. He's the bedrock on which I stand. He's the castle in which I live. My rescuing knight. This is Almighty God. The high crag where I run for dear life. 
while he lays my enemies low. Pretty interesting. You know what? When you think about it, if you do take the time, that's why we take the time to pray before we eat. If, if we do, we take the time to acknowledge it. God has provided us with our food. How many of y'all like food? It's yep. 12.07 right now. How many of you like food? My stomach's growling. I hope they couldn't hear it, but yeah. <laughs> well, God provides everything that we have need of. He created us and he genuinely loves us. He really does. And if we'll make time for him, we'll experience all that blessing. If we're just a moaner or a groaner, <clears throat> a complainer. And it's not hard for people to figure out which it is you are. What do you do most of the time? Do you groan and bellyache, complain, or do you praise God and thank him for what you have? You go, well, I, I could have had a nicer shirt. Or do we thank you, Lord, for the one that I do have? Are we positive? Are we praisers to the almighty God? Or are we always just looking at the negative side of things? It's really important that we focus on the positive that Almighty God has done for us. And he's going to only do more. He's promised to forgive us of all of our sins if you accept Jesus. As your Lord and Savior, he just forgives us. He just forgives us and washes all those things away. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. To pay for our sins in full. That's just the truth of it. And when we pass from this whole earth, God has a place in heaven for us. And we'll spend eternity there with him in a very positive, wonderful way. Is there anything you want to say? You know, the thing of it is, is when we praise, when we praise him, it gets our focus on God, who is our provider, who is our protector, who is yes. our, the promise keeper. You know, he gives us a whole book of promises that's what the Bible is. That's what the Word of God is. And we can go to it and we yep. can be encouraged. But if we're a complainer, we're just going to keep our eyes on the problem. And we'll get more discouraged and more discouraged. So we want to challenge you. You know, all of us, you know, I think in our lives we experience that garment. Um, I mean, that spirit of heaviness that would come on us. You know, if listen, if you watch the news, that spirit of heaviness can come on you pretty quick. Yep, you know, right. but when that happens, we need to, instead of, of just taking that spirit of heaviness on and allowing it to pull us down, we need to turn our focus up to God. Because God's vantage point, God's uh, perspective is so much different than what our world presents to us. You know, and, we, and His Word is truth. You know, I mean, half the stuff is... Well, I won't get on that. Anyway, <laughs> we need to believe the truth of God's word. And that's what will encourage us. That's what, what, what will build faith in our lives and give us victory, no matter what you're facing. You know, you may be facing a situation where you, you have a disease that has come upon your body. God wants to comfort you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring wholeness to you. You don't have to face anything alone. Maybe you're having relationship problems. God doesn't want you to face that alone. He will help you. He will give wisdom. He will. You know, if your financial, you know, situation is not good, God will help you. He will. He promises to be your provider. You know, and when you get God involved, just wait and see what he's going to do. 
You will be amazed when you invite God in the situation and as an act of faith, praise him in the midst of it all. You'll be amazed at what God will do. What I'd like us to do right now is to praise him for who he is and to acknowledge that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus went to the cross for us. He wasn't accidentally put on a cross. He willingly went there and he died in our place to forgive us. Of all of our sins, if we trust in him. And really, if that's all he did, if he never did another thing for us. That's enough. That's enough to keep us praising. Because we don't have to spend eternity in hell anymore. We get to spend eternity in heaven with him. But he promises to answer our prayers. He does. He promises to heal. He does. He promises to provide whatever it is that we need of. And he promises, I'll tell you what, the fact that he does forgive us. And removes the guilt and the shame and all away from us. Gives us a place for to live with him one day. That's where we'll all be. That's and life changing. We've known Christ as our Savior, each of us. Since know, we were teenagers. Since we were teenagers. For over 50 years. And he has never failed. You're over 50 years old? I am. Oh, wow. I am too. Yes, That puts are. us in the same category. Yeah, we're getting old together. Yes, we are. <laughs> Well, what I really would like to do, I'd like to, us just close, and maybe you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you already know you're forgiven. I'd like to give you an opportunity to join me in a prayer to reemphasize that. And those who may not know Christ as their Savior, would you join us? So we're just going to pray from right where we're at right now. So we just bow our heads, and would you just pray after me? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he gave his life. I believe he gave his life. When he died on that cross. When he died on that cross. To wash all my sins away. To wash all my sins away. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he is alive right now. And he is alive right now. And I accept him. And I accept him. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. And I ask for all the forgiveness. And I ask for all the forgiveness. To wash me clean. To wash me clean. Give me your peace. Give me your peace. And give me your joy. And give me your joy. And change my life. And change my life. Help me see things. Help me see things. From your vantage point. From your vantage point. I love you, Almighty God. I love you, Almighty God. And I cast down all the doubts. And I cast down all the doubts. And all the fears. And all the fears. And all the worries. And all the worries. That the devil would try to get me to dwell on. That the devil would try to get me to dwell on. And I believe the truth. I believe the truth. And Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my Lord. And my soon coming King. And my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen.